It is time for our weekly meeting with Mr. Honickman. Hello. How are you? I'm living the dream. How are you? Oh, well, not living the dream. <laughs> that's for sure. But, uh, but uh, big news today, oh. isn't it? We finally... Well, which one? You know, which one? About, yeah. We talked yeah. about this case many times, and we, and we always said, when are we going to get the information that we should have gotten on the night or shortly after? Um, and we finally heard something today. Well, we did, but that's only because the the warrants, this was not like a, a court, I mean, the warrants were unsealed today, and I guess the right. Crown didn't go around and renew that seal, which may have been a mistake on their part, but Global News, being on the ball, managed to get their hands on these documents, and that's the only reason we have answers. Why is this so shrouded in secrecy? You've worked in the media, you know what it's like, um, there's no question that the that this information is being suppressed. Yeah, well, okay, so let's make sure everybody understands that. Of course, we're talking about uh, the Danforth shooting, which, of course, is uh, over six months ago. And um, uh, what happened on the night of that shooting? It was a terror what? attack. I'm sorry? I think what we've learned today is that it was a terror attack. Well, that's that's what the argument's going to be. Well, let's set this mm-hmm. up so people understand. Right after uh, Mr. Hussein killed himself, uh, the police went to his house and entered without a warrant because mm-hmm. police can do that if there are what's called exigent circumstances. In other words, an emergency, and police were worried. They were worried, obviously, at the time there could be terrorist-related activity and what could happen. Now, what what, what happens is is that they when they end up getting the warrant, they have to provide what's called an ITO, information to obtain. And that's what was unsealed today. And what we learned is when they go into that house, into his apartment or where he lived, um, they found an unbelievable cache of weapons, two AK-47 magazines, two 9mm handguns, all fully loaded, other handguns, shotgun ammunition. Um, so cash being sent to Pakistan to certain mosques. I mean, there was there was and I think you can't just ignore the literature that this guy was reading, whether it's, you know, on the conspiracy theories of 9-11 and yeah. Al Qaeda. He, he, he had all these different types of DVDs, yeah. I guess, called I guess we could put them in the category of conspiracy films. So there was the 9-11 conspiracy. Like the truth or stuff, yeah. Right. Uh, there was uh, a, a lot of other type of, um, I guess, what it, you know, it's been called anti-establishment conspiracies. So th- they were in there. So now here's the interesting thing. Um, and the question is, is that why didn't, why wouldn't police have released that before? Why wouldn't we have known immediately? Because remember, what came out right after that is always very important mm-hmm. because the public is in, how much danger was there here? Is he with somebody else? And the way it was positioned and messaged right after the shooting, Alex, was, oh, this was like, uh, this is a troubled person. Yeah, mental illness. You know, mentally ill. He, uh, you know, he's got no criminal record, and apparently that's true. Mentally ill. Well, hold on a second. It's not that he didn't, whatever. he didn't have a criminal record, but two days before his sh- the shooting, he was busted for shoplifting. And the cops had been to his house several times on, on issues, whether it was a domestic situation. I mean, they, they, he was on their radar, and he was on intelligence radar. Right. So... And, and then they also, the documents also say that, as you said before, they found two receipts for cash payments totaling, what, over $9,000? 9300 yeah. Yeah, to a community uh, housing facility in the uh, northern part of Pakistan's uh, Punjab province. So 
Now, apparently his father had told investigators he had taken his son to Pakistan two or three years earlier, and he was happy there. And now, again, you're, you're sort of connecting dots that I think a lot of people were, will, you know, will connect in their mind. I, I, I'm not prepared to go that far yet. Oh, I am. Yeah, because but, I think you're forgetting, I, we were told by Mr. Goodale, yeah. no security risk. Right. The cops go in that night, wipe his social media. Right. So again, we got no transparency. But then some guy, some rando activist goes in, meets with the family and comes up with this statement and got access to the family that they should not have gotten if this was such a a delicate operation and so i I think there are way more questions oh yeah that need to be answered because it was you know and and they did seize his computers and we don't know what was on there um uh, you know the big question do the police know now uh did they know at the time what his plan may have been Mm -hmm. because clearly i think you're right alex i think it is a logical conclusion to draw that if someone has the the guns and ammunition that he had that this was not just some you know going to be one isolated incident something else probably and most likely was in the works now the good news from a disclosure point of view is that we understand that the um the SIU is going to release its findings. Oh, we, gee, finally. Yeah. How many months? Uh, six months? Six months. <laughs> and then maybe more. we can get the rest of the information. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So ridiculous. so there you go. And uh, because they did seize two laptops, two iPads, cameras, um, and, uh, you know, we knew what happened. But as, you, as you've pointed out, and I completely agree, is what we don't know is why and what was planned to happen. And yeah. that's really the big question. Well, it is. And I, I think this has been a cover-up, that no one's really pressed on this. I mean, the fact that, you know, he's associated with guys that have enough carfentanil to kill half the country. I, look, right. just so much, so much of this does not add up. And so... No. And you and I talked yeah. about it very early on. And and the thing that you and I... Do you remember we talked one show, out and we said, where's the media? Yeah. <laughs> Where where are people pressing for this? Why is nobody pressing, you know, about what is that exactly what happened there? Well, because and, a lot uh, of times when you push on this, uh, those who ask about it are vilified as being, oh, racist. And it's like, no, yeah, no <laughs> just no, give us some transparency. Yeah, that's right. And and there was no need. We we should have known about this. For sure I, you know, we should The police will say, you know, and investigators will say, well, it was part of the investigation, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. When something like that happens, we need to know that. And the reason, the reason we didn't know... Well, need to know is because that wouldn't have, can you imagine that shooting takes place and police come out and yeah we found all of these weapons yeah uh, should have known and and let's wait and see what the siu well, i'd be, I'd be curious to know if if anybody in government had uh, told them to kind of stand down on that because i've been doing this a long time you've been doing this yeah. a long time and um this notion that we don't find out uh information because it's could in, you know of investigative person that's nonsense we should have had most of this information within the, the a couple of days of this and that's why i consider i continually call it a cover-up right um i don't have a lot of time but i do okay. want to get through the rest of these because they're big david livingston yeah former liberal premier chief of staff Yep. Sentenced to four months in jail for wiping those drives in a in a case that the judge said was an affront to and an attack upon democratic institutions and values. Mm-hmm. We're just learning today, Lauren, that not only has he abandoned his appeal, he abandoned that back in September, but those asking around about that were given the kind of silent treatment. Now we find out that he served like a month and a half of a sentence before Christmas and he's already out. How would you get that reduced? Where's the transparency? 
Well, four month sentence. I guess you know you do the math on it, and uh, and he was he was probably most likely eligible for release. But just so people uh, understand, you know, he was he had filed an appeal, um, and it was filed with the court of appeal back in September, and uh, and then they dismissed it on the fifteenth. And just as the conviction, the appeal was was dismissed, he abandoned. His appeal. He decided. Right. So, was there some negotiation that we didn't know that you know he'll go in now, serve his time, and uh, we'll Not get him? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. So, I, I think you it, it, somebody goes in, they do their time, and, and then they say, you know what, um, uh, I've, 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 I don't mind spending the tens of thousands of dollars that I did um, for the conviction for the trial. But you know what? I'm going to do a risk analysis here. I'm going to do a financial uh, cost analysis. I don't want to pay for an appeal. I've done it. I'm coming out. I'm going to abandon the appeal. I'm going to move on with my life right now. That happens, Alex. That happens a lot. Yeah. I've I got to tell you, it happens in the criminal context. It happens in the civil context. You make decisions sure. along the way, and you have to say, you know what? I'm going to cut my losses, and I'm just going to move on. Yeah. Well, now, the, the one thing is the only difference right now, of course, is from a messaging point of view, Mr. Livingston could have said when when a person appeals, say, you know, I don't believe I did anything wrong and I'm going to keep going and going. I mean, he's now obviously fully now accepted responsibility and uh, he's he's got a conviction that will remain with him. Yeah, well, no justice, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Bruce MacArthur is uh, expected to go into a courtroom again tomorrow, and speculation is running that he may, in fact, plead. I don't know what you're hearing. I didn't hear anything like that. Uh, yeah, your, I mean... You, you, your ears are much closer. Well, my ears are, are, are getting older, but, I mean, <laughs> it would not be unheard of, uh, certainly in a big case like this, or sure. maybe the Manassan matter, that you would get a plea as the best option, correct? Sure. And how do yeah. you weigh that yeah, and and you really don't know. Uh, well, put, put it this way: at the end of the day, um, if 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 there was a plea agreement reached in a case where somebody's facing as, as many first-degree murder charges as he's facing, um, and you say, well, what, what in the world? You know, when somebody pleads, you know, sometimes you say, well, what are you going to get? Because first degree, it's it's automatic life in prison. Sure. Right. Okay. So so what 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 is there to bargain for if you if you're convicted of multiple counts of first-degree murder in the old days, quote-unquote, there was nothing to bargain for because it was 25 years. They all ran concurrent. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, the Crown can seek to have uh, convictions run consecutively. So maybe there's some discussion along the ways there. He'll just go into a healing lodge. I'm sorry? He'll just go into a healing lodge. <laughs> if, if, if he pleads guilty now to uh, a certain amount, and uh, we won't ask for consecutive and all, save the families and save everybody and the time and energy and the awful aspect of a, of a long trial on this, there, there may be some, some leverage to, from a plea agreement. Uh, or somebody finally says, you know what? I don't want, I, I want to just start the sentence already, whatever. If, if, if indeed, there, you know, we're, we're speculating that there would be some sort of plea, but yeah, there, there may be some sort of discussions going on. We'll see. All right. Last one. I've got like a minute. Two Toronto cops parting it up in a, a Toronto nightclub. I don't know where their brain went that night. I don't know how they thought mm-hmm. this was good outreach or that they wouldn't come back to bite them. But the fallout on this legally, if one of these officers has matters before the court, would this kind of... Um, video footage being circulated if, if you were the, the the lawyer and one of your clients had these cops as your uh, 
you know, as the guy yeah. that charged it, would you be using this? Well, I, I think you'd probably, um, it, it would probably be something you'd say, well, this is interesting from a, a credibility point of right. view. Um, sure. Uh, anything that a police officer may or may not be involved in and, uh, you know, could, could form Speaks the Speaks to their judgment. You know, yeah, right. And I mean, these, you know, one of the things I guess, you know, it's, 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 pretty clear that whatever they did, uh, it, now Toronto police are investigating them, certainly professional standards. Uh, um, and it's, you know, perhaps we should all take a deep breath and sort of wait until the investigation is done. I, I And look, at, I understand. People have looked at the video and you, and you say, well, I'm going to look at that. That's it. I've made up my mind. I know that's the court of public opinion. We all understand that. But maybe there's a little more behind the scenes there. And maybe, you know, so before you we rush to judgment, as they say. But, you know, could they be facing discreditable conduct charges for something like that? Sure, every, anything's possible. And, and could their actions ever be used in the future by some lawyer who may want to... Or one of the girls that put the handcuffs on? I don't know. I think in the Me Too age, I probably would not have <laughs> been playing those you games. Know, yeah, so you, you would have made that decision at that time. All right. Gotta leave it there, my friend. Okay. All right. Lots we'll going on. All right. Thank you, Lauren. That is uh, Lauren Honickman, Global News Radio legal expert. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.